0: welcome to the shark bite show where we dive into the stories of our members coaches friends and family of shark Bite fitness and nutrition all right let's roll um katie thank you so much for joining me
1: yeah i'm excited to be here
0: um thanks me too i this is one of the ones you probably should have done sooner um i thought like this would be really entertaining uh so first off who are you where are you from what do you do for work tell us a little bit about you
1: yeah. So all those questions are really hard to answer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like we'll start with the where are you from? I was born in Nebraska when I was two. I grew up, moved to Min- Virginia, lived in Virginia, and then I moved to Minnesota, and then New York, then Minnesota, and now I'm in Florida. So I am from around.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's funny. I have to answer that question the same way. People ask yeah. not where I'm from, and I'm like, I, I don't know the right answer to say to that.
1: What is, like, wherever you live the longest, maybe? I don't know. Now I tell people I'm from Florida because I like it here.
0: Yeah, I do the same thing. When, when Chris... Did the podcast where he interviewed me he asked me that question i'm like man i, I don't know how to say that but i just say florida because it's way yeah. easier yeah,
1: yeah exactly um and who am i i um i'm a lot i guess i'm a business owner which is cool i kind of fell into business owning entrepreneurship still can't really spell the word
0: <laughs> can no, you nobody can i mess it up <laughs> without a without autocorrects on the phone i would mess it up every, every time.
1: time every time uh and i'm a new crossfit coach which is super awesome mm-hmm. i'm a yoga teacher and yeah i'm just taking every day one day at a time
0: well, that's cool um first off how'd you find us here at shark bite
1: so i found Sharkbite on yelp which hey. laughed at when i started i did i 100
0: percent laughed at that
1: <laughs> so yeah i came down here and i wanted to find a crossfit gym and i typed in best crossfit gyms and Sharkbite came up and i tri- tried it out and met you and here i am
0: what was it like walking in i remember meeting you what was it like walking in that first time what was our conversation like what was the intro like what were the first couple months of shark bite like
1: Yeah so I came from a similar gym up in Minnesota which obviously I think makes it a lot harder. You have to leave your home, your community, your family. Uh I mean when you're part of a gym like this it's your family. Mm -hmm. And so the standards are a little bit different than I think if you're walking into just a regular gym. And I walked in and everyone was really nice. It was really diverse. There were all different types of athletes. Like some people you could tell have been doing it for a long time. Some people were brand new. And I just I knew immediately. Just that was it. And I sat down with you and you said all right what do you want to do? And I joined and it's been awesome.
0: Cool. What What about the first couple months, right? Because you um, you moved down here not knowing anybody, right? Like, I, and we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. So did I. Not many people have experienced that. You moved to a new place where you had no connections.
1: Yeah. So Nick was my first friend, whether he knew it or not. Hey. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I didn't know anyone. My dad was a seasonal, but he wasn't down here at the time. And I walked into the gym, and I was like, people always talk about how making a, friends as a, a making friends as an adult is hard, but it's really not when you're part of this type of community. And I mm-hmm. knew that going into it, so I was pretty excited. Uh, honestly, my first three, four months at the gym, I hit PRs that I didn't think I, literally did not think I could do. And Nick has been part of some of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember the, uh, the deadlift situation, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead and explain that.
1: So I actually had a friend in town, we were deadlifting. It was a max, I think, like two rep, one rep day. And in my mind, I could not go over 200. That was never happening. And of course, Nick's helping me out. He's giving me some tips. He's loading up my bar. And I lifted the bar and put the bar down. And I learned later that it was 205.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I was I was steadily sneaking weight on there every time you turned around and you kept being like, oh, 175. And I was like, yeah, sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that happened with everything. There was a day I'm like, I can't do a pull up. I can't do a pull up. And Ashley, a member at the Fort Myers gym, was like, why don't you just try it? And well, I did a pull-up.
0: That's cool. Just that's jumped
1: cool. up and did it, and that was that.
0: Well, so you talked about uh, moving down here and how it's kind of harder to make friends, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real thing that uh, people don't love talking about, right? I'm so I'm thirty-three and not in college. I'm not. Uh, I'm not at a job where I don't know everybody already. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, Yeah. How, how does someone in our, in, in our age bracket make friends yeah. other than this kind of thing?
1: I mean, and for somebody like me, I work for myself, so mm-hmm. I don't even go into an office. Like mm-hmm. I really, I don't leave my house unless I'm going out to hang out with friends or going to the gym. And I don't really know how other people do it. I guess I've met a lot of friends through a running community or through like a golf league or through joining the gym. I think that's the best way I think for me it's you're around like-minded people Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to find people that like to do the things I do they're already there Mm -hmm. you just have to connect with the right ones
0: yeah that's a really good way to put it I know that um, Steph uh, my girlfriend Steph she wrote a a blog about this recently about how how much harder it is to make friends Mm -hmm. when you're in your 30s right because like when would you organically find them yeah you know Um, and then I always tell my friends when they get out of the army like go join a gym find a gym like ours it could be CrossFit or you know whatever the hell the name is it doesn't matter go join one and stay there for a while and just meet people that you're going to get along with, you know, that are not necessarily, you know, people you're meeting in bars or people you're meeting elsewhere. You know, we go to bars together, but I would also much rather meet you outside of there and then take you there.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and I think what's cool about what we do is it's not even just about the gym. It's, I mean, they all had a surprise party for me. You all did in February. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a field day coming up. There's been, ki- like, kayak days. We do beach days. It's, the gym is our workout, but, like, we've all, like, explored Florida together now.
0: Yeah, right? That's, I always, I always want to think about that. Like, we work out together, right? But that's just, like, the common thread. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where we make our community. Uh, everybody that I've met down here, I mean, I, I don't think I'm making this up. Like everybody I've met down here has been through this gym in some way, you know? Yeah. Many of them don't come here anymore, but that's okay. I, they're still part of my connections. Right. Um, a couple months ago, I approached you about becoming a coach at Sharkbite, right? Yes. Uh, I felt like you'd be a great asset to the team. Uh, I thought you'd be a pretty damn good coach. What was that like for you? Because I think you felt the opposite <laughs> when we first talked, right?
1: Okay. So I'm not inherently a rule follower. Mm-hmm. So with that comes, you ask for a lot of forgiveness versus permission. And I think is good, except for you also live, I think you might kind of be like this too. Like you're always kind of towing that line of like, did I do something wrong? Am I in trouble? <laughs> So when I went to 6 p.m. class, which you never never seen yet. I never go to 6 p.m. class. I don't know why I was there. Uh, and Nick asked if he could talk to me after class. So I immediately was like, I've said something or I've done something. Like, I'm definitely in trouble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to think about it, right? Because I wouldn't think of you being in trouble for
1: anything. There was nothing I could have been in trouble <laughs> <Yeah>. for. <laughs> but, I mean, that was so unexpected. I didn't. No, I taught yoga for a while. I still teach yoga for like five years now. And I don't think being a CrossFit coach was something that had crossed my mind now because I was pretty new to CrossFit. But like now as I look at it, it was so obvious. Mm-hmm. Like it was going to be something I was going to do. You just sped that up for me probably two years.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. And that was the thing that I think I, I told you and I'll tell it so other people can hear it is like you, anybody can work out really hard, right? Like your ability to lift a bunch of weights has nothing to do with your ability to, to empathize with others or to, or to to help others learn or to help, to help teach others or to genuinely give a shit about helping others you know Mm -hmm. um and i think that's a that's like a a major problem in the fitness industry is kind of like you're the fittest therefore you should be the coach Mm -hmm. you know um and i could see right away in your first couple months it was like okay this is a super empathetic person this person gets hyped up when other people (laughs) succeed um she she wants to help others she might be saying a bunch of the wrong stuff that's okay (laughs) like we can teach that, you know. Um, but you had you had the the intangibles that come with becoming a good coach, not a good cheerleader, not a good yeller, a coach, like a person that others would rely on to get better from, you know. Um, and I felt that like immediately. Thank you. It was it was more a matter of like, okay, is she going to stick with this? To let's give this some time to ruminate a little bit before we even have the conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happens. So.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy you asked. I mean, I cry a lot of happy tears at that gym because I like truly, truly care about everyone so much and uh, my joy is in seeing them get a PR or even more importantly, do something they didn't think they could do. It doesn't even have to be a PR. It could be stepping onto a box after a surgery or like having a kid and coming back into the gym and doing something they never thought they could do again. Uh, That is just the coolest feeling to be able to guide someone through that. So, I love
0: it. Yeah, we, you know, we all we do those quarterly uh, career roadmap meetings, right, with all the staff mm-hmm. that we just did. And that was the number one thing I think everybody on the team said between all three gyms, which is like, what, you know, I was like, what gets you the most fired up? What do you love the most? And they were like, helping someone do something they didn't think they could do. And man, yeah. if, like, if you're a coach, that's the stuff, you yeah. know? And if that doesn't get you amped up, you probably shouldn't be a coach, you know? Like, go work out.
1: Yeah, right. And that's yeah. cool. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Like, if, Like, I'm with you. You watch someone who didn't think they could jump on a box jump on a box for the first time.
1: Oh, my gosh. That
0: stuff is wild.
1: It's the best feeling. Yeah. And it makes you a better athlete. I think what the athletes don't realize is that as being part of their journey, they're actually making you a better athlete, too. Mm -hmm. Because you get to see, like, what they struggle with, what their fears are. And sometimes you can forget about that stuff. Yeah. So take a step back and actually be able to see that in someone else. I don't know. It makes me me a better person, athlete, friend, business owner, everything. Right. Because then
0: you start to see, like, oh, I'm probably experiencing that Mm -hmm. as well. And I just haven't, like, verbalized that Mm -hmm. yet. Yeah. I'm, when I first started coaching, I couldn't... I don't want to say I couldn't do it. I didn't know what a squat snatch was, right? Like, I didn't know... I was pretty sure snatch was the thing where you put it over your head. And I assumed squatting yeah. involved with squat snatch, but I had no <laughs> clue what that was. And then I remember one day it was on the programming and I was like, shit. <laughs> I, I'm
1: coaching this. Yeah. I don't know
0: what that is. So... I went and researched it a whole bunch, and I, I faked it real well. And then that, that was like, okay, I, sh- I should probably learn how to do this mm-hmm. first, you know? And yeah. then learn how to coach it really well.
1: Yeah, I love
0: that. Yeah. Um. So now, when you started the internship, we had a hurdle pop oh. up right away. <laughs> right, right away. Now, I think the true cause of this is still um, undetermined. But you had an injury, right? Yes.
1: Okay, so first of all, I don't like telling people how I got injured because it's really dumb. And I have since, (laughs) since I got injured, met someone with the same injury that got her injury aggressively dancing at a wedding. (laughs) And I wish that was my story. (laughs) But I was not aggressively dancing at a wedding. I was doing double unders, which is another skill. If you would have asked me four months ago, I could have told you I couldn't do. I was doing double unders, and you know I think a lot went into it. And I've thought about this a lot. Um, and not to get like too woo woo, but I will say this injury will change my life for the better in so many ways, mm-hmm. and I've like accepted that. And so maybe that's how I got hurt. It was like it was just gonna happen. It yeah. Could have been walking off a step or. Doing a double under, the meniscus was gonna tear in half, and here we are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think there might have been some boat dancing involved in that as well. So
1: there was some boat dancing, yeah. <laughs> there was, there was, and you know, I'd had surgery on the knee before, mm-hmm. and this was this is. Knee that's had a lot of love, mm-hmm. a lot done in the years, in the past years. So it's gone, done a lot of marathons and played hockey, and you know, it's been through it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so we were on day what, like four, uh, three of your internship? Yeah. When that happened? Yeah. So just to be clear, you tore your, menis- your meniscus, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, so I tore so, my meniscus, yeah. which what I have learned, there are a lot of ways to tear a meniscus. Oh, yeah. And I will never project my meniscus story on someone else. Go talk to a doctor. <laughs> yeah,
0: because there's so many different. Yes. And you probably got so much feedback, right?
1: So much feedback. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of people Who I think tear the meniscus have it like trimmed off Mm -hmm. which is so awesome for them that is like a week-long recovery you're back in the gym so of course I went into the doctor that was going to be my story my story is much longer (laughs) my story will probably be three to four months till I'm back normal um yeah so that's been a learning a learning process
0: well, so we, we was like day three, day four, you Terry We we have a talk about it. You were like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And I was like, shut up. You're, <laughs> you're staying on board, right? You are still on board with this, right?
1: I thought you wanted to fire me and I hadn't even started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. I was like, all right, we're, like, we're going to work around this. And I'll tell you what, selfishly, like that was a great learning experience for me. That was a great learning experience for the other coaches, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think it was probably a really good learning experience for you too, right? Mm-hmm. So what was the internship like doing all of it, going to get your CrossFit Level 1 certification, uh, doing the hours upon hours of internship we do like what was that like on crutches
1: yeah so I tore my meniscus and then I had my L1 that following weekend Mm -hmm. Um, so that I was so nervous I mean I was already having a little bit of imposter syndrome I'm like this just came out of nowhere I'm going into this and then I went to this L1 and honestly it taught me to meet people where they are in a way that I don't think anything else could have taught me Mm -hmm. I people came to me and acted like it was just completely fine where I was the one showing up acting like it wasn't yeah and that was kind of cool for me to see so I went through my L1. I learned how to adapt pretty much every lift that you would ever imagine. I could walk you through a way to adapt it now, which I don't think I could have probably done before. I spent a lot of time sitting on a bench watching, coaching, and then coaching from a bench and learning the power of words. I can't demo anything. so
0: There we go, right? So visual, verbal, tactile mm-hmm. cues. You, mm-hmm. A lot of people really get into visual. You had to really get into verbal, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've, I mean, we learn in yoga teacher training that if you tell someone to get down on the ground and put their toes together for child's position, most people will actually like sit on their butt and put their feet together. And you see that in CrossFit. You tell someone to like lift their arms over their head. There's 15 different ways someone could interpret that. Totally. You tell someone to pull their belly button to their spine. What does that mean? Like it, that could be anything. Yeah. That's
0: the one we specifically talked about. Yeah. Right? belly button to spine is yeah. like such a common cue. Yeah. That means a million different things.
1: Mm-hmm. So like you have to meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. If their belly button's not going to their spine, like being able to talk them through that versus you can't really show that so it's taught me a lot
0: yeah i think that's that's a really good point because you're you don't necessarily fall into this because you're a good athlete but like i know that i was not a good athlete and i think having a hindrance of some kind Mm -hmm. definitely makes you a a qualitatively Mm -hmm. better coach right because you have to overcome struggles first you have to feel what it felt like to get through those struggles and then you can help others get over those struggles themselves
1: it's so important You, you it's hard to teach something you just were born good at totally
0: yeah Yeah, Uh, you
1: don't know how people struggled.
0: Like meeting somebody who's, like, good at math, you Mm -hmm. know, but they can't teach anyone else math, right? Yep. I, I think that's another one of the problems with coaching that we see a lot is that really good athletes get into it, and then they're like, what do you mean you can't squat? Yeah, they're like, dude, I can't do it. <laughs> like, like
1: it just doesn't work. Yeah, the thing
0: <laughs> you're saying is not the thing my body's doing. Yeah, it's you know? cool
1: though. You get to see that, and you know, we talked about this. Um, Nick and I have got done a few different things over the last couple of months. We had a um, what was the name of our course officially?
0: Oh, the advanced theory course.
1: Advanced theory course. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk a lot about like meeting people where they are. And I know we were talking this the other day, and we did our training with Nicole. Is um, I you show up at the gym and somebody can do a ring muscle up and you just tell them to go do it or you if somebody can do a 300 pound back squat, you just tell them to go do it like maybe that's not where they are that day mm-hmm. and so like you really learn a lot I think through coaching especially being an injured coach to meet people where they are that day and asking questions and walking them through that process and maybe today Nick's gonna show up and he's gonna scale everything where you're not usually a scaled athlete and that's okay mm-hmm. but being part of like the empathy in the coaching process in everything not even a coach a business owner a parent a friend meet people where they are instead of like telling them where they are
0: yeah th- and that's that's like a that's like a, an adaptation you have to learn right because for most of us that's not supernatural mm-hmm. to do it, it feels abnormal to be doing that mm-hmm. you know um, that's a really good point too people showing up and and it, they're normally like a quote unquote RX athlete but that day they're like man I wanna, I want to drop some weight off the bar mm-hmm. you know uh, I think in the old days of me being a coach I might have gone up to you if you were doing that and being like why don't you have more on you know and then now after mm-hmm. having helped people live through their experiences so much I go like I'm just gonna say okay this is what we're doing here's here's what our goal is let's try to accomplish this you yeah. know yeah, let's you get the know. best session we can out of this
1: yeah I love that because you don't know like they might have had a bad day at work or totally. had a fight with someone they might have had too many beers last. Like, you don't yeah, know what yeah, they yeah, did totally
0: totally and it's not it's not our job as the coach to say you should be doing this mm-hmm. it's like what do you want okay here's how you do it
1: mm-hmm. you know I remember that uh, I don't remember it was right when I started doing CrossFit or functional fitness, um, so the coach would say it should feel like this. And I'm like, "What well, doesn't feel like that for me. Like what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. But what I've come to learn is like, you shouldn't really tell people how they're going to feel. Cause we all feel so different. Totally. Everyone in a squat's going to feel different. Yes. And like, there are like key points of performance, but you may feel something in your hips very different than i feel and like by telling someone what they're supposed to feel like throws everything off
0: i've squatted with you my hips definitely feel different <laughs> than yeah you squat like it was like made in a lab I'm like how you're supposed to squat i squat like someone showed me without like showing me the picture you should you should i squat like someone told me you should feel like this yeah yeah and it looks like crap so. right?
1: yeah well no it doesn't look like crap um
0: so you uh, uh now that you've been coaching for a little over a month, mm-hmm. right? A little yeah. over a month. June was right?
1: my first official month. There we go. Yeah, yeah. And, it's,
0: and it's we're recording this on July first. So that's a full month of coaching. That's fantastic. You've been doing um, group classes. You've started with one on ones. Uh, we have your first beginner coming up mm-hmm. next week. Um, what what have you learned so far? Because you're you're still on the mend, mm-hmm. right? But you are far more mobile and functional than you were when you were in your internship. So so what has it been like for this month so far?
1: Yeah, I actually told Sue, one of the coaches at Fort Myers, it took about three weeks for me to get off of what was written on paper and get into what I felt right in my heart Mm -hmm. and my body to coach. And, you know, so as a coach, we have the list, the notes and everything. And I think you and I talked a little bit about this. Mm -hmm. And it tells like how to walk the class through their progressions. And I feel like I finally am comfortable enough with the movements and being in front of the class where I can now say, "Mm, this class is a little bit more advanced, or the people in this class need something different, and Mm -hmm. I can start to veer off of that. So that's been really rewarding for me because I feel more comfortable in my voice
0: there. I I like that. Yeah, we did talk about that, right? We have... Uh, a little behind the curtains here. If anyone doesn't know, we, <laughs> <laughs> we have coaches notes that will all follow. So that if you come to the five or 6 a.m. class, you get the same thing that the five thirty or 6 p.m. class gets right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's cool is right. Like you said, you look at the class, you, you take note of who we have and we say, okay, based on these, these individual members, abilities, skill levels, individual goals, we might want to modify this, yeah. you know? And I think that's one of the real benefits of being in a gym where the coaches know you by name mm-hmm. and have worked with you for months or even years. You know, yeah. um, I had Holly on here recently, Holly Simone, uh, couple episodes ago and she was she she is one of our original members from this gym so from the cape coral gym so she's been with us eight years and she and i actually went to another gym before that together right so the the difference is when she shows up to a class i know what holly wants you know i know what she really wants what her long-term short-term and long-term goals are so i can just say like i know the know to say this but holly you're doing this today and
1: that's so awesome it's cool it's
0: cool you're starting to feel that yeah yeah you're right you take a class and it's not just like skill level Mm -hmm. right it's individual wants like Mm -hmm. if i have megan in a class i know she wants to lift some weights dude like she wants to move she wants to break some iron yeah you know if i have lauren in a class i know she wants to sweat until she almost passes out Mm -hmm. right so it's like how can we get both of those goals
1: yeah yeah the psychology of coaching has been really interesting to me and um even just down to there are some people who don't want to be cheered for totally like they're they they do not want you to say their name they don't want you to be in their face mm-hmm, cheering mm-hmm. and like so learning the psychology of how different people are motivated or how the goals of different people is so fascinating and i think that is what sets what my opinion this gym apart is each person is treated differently even though it's a group setting like you sort of feel like you're getting one-on-one treatment yeah all
0: the time yeah I, the if you ask me what my absolute favorite part of coaching is I think it's that is the psychology of coaching is is the the getting to dive into what people really want even if they sometimes won't say it
1: or they might not even know. Yeah, they might not know that's, it, right, I see right. That. Especially the newer people. hmm
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think even, I, I'm a big cardio fan. <laughs> there are people who are starting to love cardio, and they will say, I never thought I would have loved cardio. Winter, one of them. And there are a bunch of psychos. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. Oh, yeah, every yeah. one of them's a psycho, <laughs> yeah. um, But I think that's cool, is as you start to push people outside their comfort zone, they realize things that they might love or that they want to do that they didn't even know.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, if I'm reading this correctly, you enjoy being a coach.
1: I love it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I love it. It's uh, I mean, it's rewarding in more ways than I ever can imagine. And it's made me better at everything in my life.
0: Cool. That, that makes me happy to hear. Um, so outside of coaching, you also own a marketing business, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what's the name of that again?
1: <laughs> so it's called Kate Ray digital, but we are going through a name change. Yeah. Right.
0: Another rebrand. Right? Yeah. So what do you go by right now?
1: Uh, I call it KRD or just, you know, my team is, and I think that's been my biggest issue with it being, I started it as a, Me, it was just me, Mm. which was fine. And you know, I got some advice that I should make it about me. And in hindsight, it's never about me. But I want it to be about my team and my clients and everything. Mm. So we're probably gonna change that up.
0: I want to talk about that a little bit more in a second. First, what is what is the business? So so anyone listening knows what they're talking about.
1: Yeah. So we do social media and digital marketing, um, which pretty much is anything on the internet. So we do search engine optimization, content content creation, strategy, ads. And who knows whatever else. As a business owner, people will come to you, and you find a way to do
0: it. Yeah, you're like how can I make <laughs> a solution to your problem? Exactly.
1: Right, right. So anything that involves a computer, we're probably doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so you said you're going through a rebrand, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that we did that uh, probably a year and a half ago at this point, mm-hmm. right? Um, we we our first name was called CrossFit Cape Coral. We decided to rebrand away from the CrossFit name. Um, that was actually before your time. We rebranded to Sharkbite Fitness and Nutrition, and then we opened up the the other two gyms under that brand. Why are you going through rebrand?
1: Yeah, I think it's changed. Um, so I kind of fell into being a business owner. Mm-hmm. I was working my full time job, and I had some side work. And then all of a sudden, my side work was really fulfilling, and then it was making money. And then I quit my job, and here I am. So I didn't put a lot of time or thought into like what was going to be on my website, what my company name was going to be. It was just you're going to figure it out. Took the jump, went for it. Um, but now I do have two awesome employees, three actually now. And I want to grow and, you know, it's everything we do is about them, Mm -hmm. my employees and about our clients. It's never about me. Really, like, probably be last. Mm -hmm. And so, like, looking at the hierarchy of names, I'm down here and the company's up here. (laughs) (laughs) So, I want to change the name to be about what we do and who we are versus my name.
0: Yeah, I I understand that completely. I I kind of fell into it as well. Like, I... Mm -hmm. I I everything you said except for the making money part. I was I realized <laughs> I liked it a whole lot more than what I was doing full time. Yeah. I was like, this is what I want to do full time. And you're right, there wasn't a ton of forethought mm-hmm. there. You know, that's one of the cool things about a rebrand is you get mm-hmm. to kind of put your hands in it and be like, all right, I I now know things. I I would like to do things a way that I didn't originally plan for. Let's go ahead and do that now.
1: Yeah. One of the things that made me, I mean, I already knew I wanted to coach and you asked me, but when you start, when you start being a coach, you gave me all that information. You said like, read our mission statement, read our brand ethos. And if you agree with this, like we want you. And that's something you don't do when you just fall into something. You don't Mm -hmm. have those types of things that both you and your clients and everything can always come back to. And so that's what I'm excited about is I know you've taken a lot of time to decide like who Sharkbite is. Um, and you make decisions based on that and I think that's really cool.
0: Well, yeah, it's nice, right? Because like as the business owner, you know, it's it's very easy to be pulled into a million different directions, mm-hmm. you know? And if you don't create that framework, like that that framework is like a it's freedom. Yeah. Because you get to operate freely within that and mm-hmm. it makes it a whole lot easier, easier to say things like that's not something I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, good for them. That's not a thing I would like to be participating. In, yeah. Know? Um, you don't have to say them out loud, but do you have, have you had opportunities where you have decided like, I think it'd actually be better if I didn't do that in the business world? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, I, right? I mean, that's part of why I quit my job to be honest is um, I have a, like a pretty good idea of who I am and what I believe in and what my morals are and I definitely had worked on some clients. So I do marketing and advertising and I'd worked on some clients in the past that I just like, I couldn't turn to my mom and say, I think you should use this product, but I was being paid to tell other people to use this product. Yeah. Um, so that's like number one. When I quit, I knew <laughs> like, I only take clients I would use or believe in. I only work with people who don't keep me stressed out and up at night. To be fair, business ownership is very stressful. There's a difference in a stressful person and somebody who's just like me. Yeah, totally. And like isn't treating you or your people right. Like there's a big difference in that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I definitely have been able to turn some clients away and make some decisions.
0: Right. And the, and the, that stuff gives you the framework for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, there are many times, especially in our in our CrossFit Cape Coral days where I don't know if we had that established, you know, and we would. Take on ideas that mm-hmm. that weren't bad. They just didn't help move us forward. They didn't fit the people we were trying to help most. You yeah. Know? They didn't fit, like you said, the things I want to be working with. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. I like it, and I'm really excited to see what yours yours finish up as because yeah. I know that that's helped me as as the leader of this decide who works for us. You know what clients we yeah. pick up, what what tasks we take on, what projects we start, what risks we take. You mm-hmm. know, and it also helps me to th- know which ones not to do. Yeah. You know.
1: so that's awesome.
0: Um. Now, part of owning a business very specifically is having employees, right? And we've talked about that a lot off air or off recording. We've got tons of small business owners at all these gyms, right? Um, What are some of the things you've learned most about managing employees?
1: To listen to them. Mm. I think that for me has been so important. I've worked in a lot of environments where this is a really dumb example, but people will say, here's the project. I need it tomorrow at 4 p.m versus here's the project, does it work with your schedule, and do you feel you could do your best work if you've got this done by tomorrow at 4 p.m., and if not, when, when can you have this done? And just like those small things, like empowering them to come back to me with based on their experience, their mindset, wherever they are that day, like how they can provide the best work to me is so much more important than me meeting a four o'clock deadline. Um, when I decide to start offering benefits, I asked them what they wanted. Like I know what I think I want, but who am I? Like, I don't, I, that's just what I want. So yeah, I right. went to them and I said like, what would make you feel good as an employee? Like, t- and there's only a couple of them. So it makes it a little easier. Um, but that has been really cool to be able to get their real-time feedback. And I don't think you get that at a big company.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And you're right. I remember we, when we started offering benefits as well, we did the same thing. Like I wanted to offer health insurance and then it turns out that I was the only one without health. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? and that, that's a great example of, yeah. of us kind of looking at like our situation and not thinking about like, Oh wait, the, the point of offering employee benefits is to benefit the employees. Mm-hmm. We can't have that kind of thing unless we talk to them about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think like for me, something that's been really important is um, mental health and just making sure that people know that their health, their family, like that's going to come first and we'll work around whatever we have to work around. Um, but like empowering people to make that decision that if they need a break or if something's not right or they're not feeling good about something to talk about it
0: mm-hmm. well now uh what about helping your employees grow right because i we've talked about this mm-hmm. and I, I think that one of the coolest things i feel weird calling it cool but selfishly it's really cool mm-hmm. is helping employees grow giving mm-hmm. like affording them the opportunity to do that right how, how do you how do you do that how do you work through that
1: so i think one of the things i find works the best is giving them something that pushes them outside their comfort zone i do that a lot um i'll say you know here's everything you need to do whatever this project is knowing pretty well that like it's a little bit outside of what they would normally do but they learn through that process if people keep going through the same routine and keep going through the same things they're never going to learn but also creating an environment where if they fail in that it's okay and so i think they jump into a lot of things that they maybe don't have the skill set for right now but they learn real quick versus taking eight years to learn something slowly going through this process. So I think that's one thing, um, for them I've like really pushed them to do. And I will sometimes send them an email and say, Hey, I have this project. I don't know if you want to work on this, but like, if you want to work on it, let's sit down and like walk through how to do it. And they like feel empowered to do that, which I think is really fun.
0: That's cool. I, I think people catch a lot of flack right now, especially for, uh, us in our thirties and the Mm -hmm. people below us in their twenties and hopefully not playing any teenagers (laughs) yet, but People in their thirties and twenties get a lot of flack for people saying that they don't want to work hard mm-hmm. or that they're lazy, you know. And like, I think you and I are shining examples of why that's not true. Yeah. I just think that motivation is different, mm-hmm. you know. And in the old days, it was like, here's more money, work harder, mm-hmm. you know. And I think we're lucky enough to realize, like, man, I like I've survived without without money, yeah. you know. Like, I don't don't get me wrong, I don't want to be poor, and I'm sure you don't. No.
1: But
0: giving a higher salary is not mm-hmm. enough motivation to make people want to be unhappy. No. Nope. You know. And you have to like you said you have to find ways to motivate your employees yeah. i i had a really smart person say one time um higher level employees require higher level challenges you know yeah and it, it's not higher level salaries although that should come with it it's you can pay someone as much money in the world as you want if they're not engaged if they're not enjoying what they're doing if they're not challenged by what they're doing they're going to look for something else right
1: or they're going to find they can find the money somewhere else yeah, it's like right. that's not what it's about it's about like feeling good about what you're doing every day, feeling like whatever your purpose is, whatever gives you joy, like and that's going to be different for everyone. Um, but I think that's really important because, yeah, you can you can find a job doing anything. I mean, really.
0: Yeah. So part of being a business owner too is is kind of diving into things. Uh, just diving into them, right? <laughs> yeah. Like a, a, an example of that is this podcast, yeah. right? Like uh, we, we have a ton of equipment set up and I was not sure it was going to work. <laughs> we are 30-ish minutes into this and it's still working, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope. What's an example of that you've had to do?
1: So I would say, and I would love your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one advice for business owners is to stop asking people if you can pick their brain. Because the only reason I got to where I am is I stopped asking people what they thought. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just like across the board, business owners wait for everything to be perfect. They wait for their website to be perfect, their name to be perfect, their podcast to be perfect. If you are that type of mindset, you probably aren't going to be a great business owner because being a business owner means like trying new things it means failing it means doing things you have no idea what you're doing um i mean i have those situations all the time mm-hmm. and our minds are wired to tell us why we shouldn't do something we're risk averse people like we know why we shouldn't do something and everyone in your circle knows why you shouldn't do it so don't talk don't yeah. ask so many questions yeah, yeah
0: right 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 right
1: <laughs> just like if you want to start the business start the business if you want to get on the podcast start the podcast um so that for me i think with everything I do. I mean, I literally, it was June, beginning of June, June. Apparently, this time of year is a good time of year for me.
0: Apparently. It was
1: the beginning of June, and I woke up one day, and I called my dad, and I said, I'm going to quit my job, and I'm going to start a business. And he said, all right. And that was that. Yeah. Like, there was no, like, why you shouldn't do it. I didn't ask a bunch of people what they thought. I just did it.
0: So, man, you, I, how much time do we have? We, we can talk <laughs> about that a lot. You, where's oh Kelly's listening to this podcast? (laughs) So Kelly, Kelly was a member of our staff for a long time and a really good friend of mine, and she had to watch me learn some of those things right there. Like Elon Elon Musk recently came out and said, the uh, founder of Tesla and you know a million other cool things. He's also kind of a crazy person. He uh, said, if if man I'm paraphrasing, if you need positive feedback, being an entrepreneur probably isn't for you. Yeah. No. You know? And like that was the dickest way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what he meant, which I sort of agree with, is like you just kind of have to accept that being an entrepreneur is like crazy lonely, mm-hmm. right? Because it's kind of insane. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's an insane thing to do. Like nobody should want to do this, right? Uh, because it's a ton of stress that can have a ton of reward also, right? But you're, like you said, you're going to have people around you constantly saying, like, you probably shouldn't do that, you know? And, that's never been super beneficial to doing things. You, you know? know why
1: you shouldn't do it. Yeah, right. I already did hear that. Yeah, I
0: don't I, I don't need that feedback. No. I know that, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm aware I shouldn't, but right. probably going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh you you kind of have to just accept like okay, I'm I'm going to move forward with with some risks and like you said, if you ask too many people about them, they're going to highlight those risks and the downside a whole lot without thinking about the upside of it, yeah. you know? And maybe it sounds like pie in the sky, but the reason that a lot of those positives don't come is because people get held up on those negatives, those possible negatives, right? Like fear of failure has stopped so many people from success. Mm -hmm. Uh, some basketball players I listening to said this one time, he was like, I'm simply not afraid to fail, you know? And like, that doesn't mean he's going to be successful. He's just not afraid of what the failure would be, right? Exactly. I know a lot of people use fear as a motivator, but I don't personally think that that's the best motivator, you know? Because fear makes you, like, uh, turtle up and not do things. Yeah. I think opportunity for success is a way better motivator, right?
1: Yeah. I completely agree with that. Like, this isn't scary. It's fun Mm -hmm. if you go into it with the right mindset. Mm -hmm. Like, have I failed? Yes. Have I made mistakes? Yes. Like, would I have done things differently? Yes. But also, I wouldn't be where I am today. I had, like, an 80-something percent growth in my business last year. Yeah. I would not have been there if I was, like, living in a place of fear.
0: Totally. Right. There's no way. Because you couldn't, right? And... I think what you just said too, is like you, you grow from that, you know, you and I are entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a gym owner anymore. And I don't think mm-hmm. I would call you necessarily a marketing business owner. We're entrepreneurs, right? So everything we're learning is to make us better entrepreneurs. And that's like the, the distinction that has to be understood. I think, you know, yeah. it's like failure is part of the process. You're, you can't be successful in something without failing in something. And if you haven't failed, it's cause you haven't failed yet. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like it, it's coming, dude. Exactly. It, it's coming. Yeah
0: or or it came and you didn't realize it <laughs> you know. which
1: i think happens a lot i yeah. think if you're like working from a place of like abundance and like moving forward and learning and growing and like just loving what you truly do like you probably fail all the time totally. and don't even notice it
0: to- that's 100... it doesn't
1: it's not a failure to you
0: right it's a learning opportunity it's, like yeah. a, it's a growth point it's yeah. it's the opportunity to say like we keep we keep saying the word opportunity but that's like what it is it's mm-hmm. it's like okay what could we do next what could we do differently mm-hmm. what was unsuccessful there and how can we leverage that to be more successful next time yeah and i i think in less dickier terms, <laughs> that's like what Elon Musk was trying to say. Mm-hmm. It was like, like you have to not view this as like a win lose kind of thing. It's, no. it's the process, you know? Yeah.
1: Um, and progress is not linear. Process is not linear. Not and that all. is one thing I've learned. Like it is so up and down with whether it's an injury or owning a business or whatever it is, it's not looking like that. <laughs> it's uh, not going straight.
0: Yeah. You, right. Like you, you get caught up in the minutia of like, what's not successful right now. Mm-hmm. And then you look back a year and like, For us, we went from one gym to three Mm -hmm. in the craziest year of business ever. I got to remind myself like, oh, maybe this one thing we're doing right now ain't that bad, you know?
1: But I think that that's a testament because you don't live in a place of failure. I think a lot of people during the last year, COVID just happened, whenever you're listening to this, during mm-hmm. the last year, uh, people f- who live in a place of fear could have very easily shut down. Mm-hmm. You opened three gyms, you offered online stuff, you, I mean, we have online fitness nutri- like nutrition groups that are people all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I think you took that as an opportunity to learn and grow versus like looking at it as a way to fail.
0: Yeah, there's almost going to be like a rebound effect now, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we, we took the hits over the last year. And I think a lot of people realized with this last year, like, I don't think I want to be an entrepreneur anymore. Yeah, and I think it's that's, hard. Th- yeah, that's totally okay, you know? There's lots of things I think I would suck at. Yeah. Like, I, I think that that willingness to take risk probably makes us pretty bad employees, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, if we were to work in, in for somebody else's uh, more structured business, we would probably not fit in so well mm-hmm. and not be very successful, mm-hmm. you know?
1: And probably be very bored. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the, like, living on the edge of my seat. Like, I love that I have – I can wake up every day – and get to decide what's going to happen mm-hmm. with my business and with my like, I, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. I, I don't think that's for everyone.
0: I, I do too. And I, it's funny. I actually experienced a couple months where I, I think I'm going to a little too much of that, you know? And I realized like, okay, this type mm-hmm. is not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed a tad bit more structure than I had at the time. And what's nice is I got to say like, okay, let's fix that. I'm, I'm changing the structure now. You yeah.
1: Know? I will say that is an important thing. That is one thing I've learned Yes, you can live outside the box, and, like, yes, there doesn't have to be, like, a regimented way of doing stuff, but as a business owner, some type of structure is very important because there are nine enough hours in the day to run a business.
0: Totally, right? And you could very easily work 23.99 yes. hours. Yes. No problem. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you said something right before we came on, something about, like... Everybody thinks if you own a business, you don't have any managers or you have no bosses, right? But what's the reality to that?
1: You literally have twenty (laughs) five managers. People will be like, "Oh, just take the week off. You don't have to report to anyone." I'm like, "Yes, I report to my employees, to my vendors, to my bill like the people I pay my bills to, to people I make commitments to." Like, there's so many people that you report to.
0: Yeah, and that. Gets better when you've created a better team, but there's it doesn't stop. But you still
1: you're gonna get texts and Slack yeah. messages and emails like you can't really just disappear for a few
0: weeks. Right, right, right. And and I, I think that's like the fallacy of business ownership. Yeah. That people talk about maybe if you're making billions, you know, mm-hmm. and that's because you're paying somebody an outrageous amount of money to do that <laughs> right, stuff for
1: you. Exactly. Yeah? Not the same. Small business and big business. Yeah, they're very. Yeah,
0: like <laughs> they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be called the same. Thing, no, they you know? shouldn't. Like, like Uber corporations versus like nine no. or ten dudes trying to help each other out. Like that's right. a whole, totally different story. Um. <laughs> You were real big into travel, Mm -hmm. right? Big travel person. Uh, Tell me why. Because when we talked about your career map and your your future, your your mid and long term goals, traveling was definitely part of that.
1: Yeah. So I have traveled a lot since I was little. I feel really thankful. Um, My parents are big travelers. And so we grew up, you know, we maybe didn't go on vacation for three years, but then we would go to like Tahiti. Like we grew up. And what I loved about that is they always made us journal. So we had to like talk about the people we met and the foods that we ate and the things that we read about and the things we learned. So I fell in love with the culture of travel um I love going somewhere and like taking a local cooking class and then like asking the cab driver where the coolest like underground bars are Um, I collect cookbooks and so like I love the like tastes and flavors and sounds of travel whether I'm with myself or with other people like I love just experiencing new places just
0: kind of absorbing the area yeah yeah
1: Yeah. like I've never been to Disney World and I live in Florida really yeah like but I actually really want to go to Harry Potter world and I heard you're the person to ask
0: dude All right, how much time do we have?
1: <laughs> we have a whole podcast. On I Harry Potter love world.
0: Harry Potterland so much. I love that. I love Harry Potter World and, and, really and Universal go. more than almost anything else in my life. <laughs> That's
1: uh, awesome. What, what do you love about it?
0: What don't I love about it? There is <laughs> nothing at Harry Potterland that I don't love. I don't love that I haven't been able to get on the newest ride for four years because the line is too damn long. But aside from that, I when I got back from Iraq the first time, uh, you get a you get a, a something called leave like, block leave in the middle of your deployment if your deployment's long enough. And I had week and a half in the middle of a 15-month deployment, right? I could have gone anywhere in the world, and I went to uh, the opening of Harry Potter World. That's awesome. So like, four or five days after it opened. I was in line for six hours for the Hogwarts uh, ride, and that might have been the best six hours of my life. I
1: love that. It was
0: amazing. It just, you walk in, it's just the ambiance of Harry Potter. I'm a massive nerd. All right, I don't know if you know this. Same. I, I read comic books, I play video games, uh, I was pretty much raised by television, comedy central and cartoons so going going to I, I read i would be in school ignoring schoolwork and reading books right and i'd be like getting bad grades and they'd be like why don't you just read the book for the school I'm the other like books. dude it's animorphs right <laughs> i'm reading animorphs i have to read this so harry potter was one of my biggest obsessions so getting to see that in real life was amazing yeah i don't know if you like harry potter i love harry potter well i was gonna say I that much if you like it even a little bit you're gonna love it because they like the moment you walk in, like, the air feels different. They got the music going. They got the colors going on. There's, like, dragons blowing smoke at you. This is not a paid advertisement. <laughs> but I would but do it could for free, be. Dude, hold on. Universal, if you want to sponsor the Shark Bites <laughs> show, I am about it. Um, just give me one free pass a year, please. Uh, it's amazing. Like, dude, we gotta go up there. It yeah, is I wanna so go. It's so much fun. I love,
1: I think, like, maybe people who love Harry Potter, I'd be interesting in a, interested in a study. I think people who like Harry Potter like that, it is, like, free and, like, just like a little, it's not, like, inside a box. It's, it's a, little a lot cuckoo. like being a business owner. Yeah, it's a little cuckoo. And I yeah. wonder if a lot of business owners are also like Harry Potter. Have you, it's a little crazy.
0: Have you ever done the sorting hat?
1: No. What? I need a sword. Okay,
0: you're, you're definitely a Hufflepuff. I think I am. Yeah.
1: I can see that. What are you?
0: Definitely, I'm definitely, I'm a Gryffindor. Mm, Come on. See,
1: I wanna be a Gryffindor. I, I will
0: knock this mic off. <laughs> All right. Staff's a Hufflepuff too. So. Oh, that
1: makes yeah. sense.
0: Um, Man, we just lost a lot of people. I, I don't know who <laughs> listens to our podcast, but I know that a bunch of them just turned it off. I don't care. They're lost. We're going to do the next five episodes on Harry Potter. Um, I'm here. So I think we've talked about a bunch of things. Uh, You came from a different style gym, right? I would say you've acclimated pretty strongly into like our style of gym mm-hmm. now, right? What would you tell new people? Um, Somebody who's like scared to try it out or apprehensive?
1: So I actually thought a lot about this because I knew you were going to ask me. Okay. Um, Well, two things. First of all, I worked out at least every other day since I had my surgery. You would not do that in most gyms. That's true. Um, So if you are injured and want to come in, or you're afraid of getting injured, or anything, come in. There will be a way for you to get around it. But what I would tell people, if you looked at all of the awesome things in your life, things that bring you joy, things that bring you good memories, things that make you happy, I guarantee all of them came with some sort of discomfort and uneasiness nothing great comes without that moment of discomfort and that's exactly what this gym will do it's going to be uncomfortable you're going to feel a little bit weird at first you have to learn new things but i can guarantee if you stay with it it'll be that moment you will find incredible things way outside just the way your body looks and how strong you are
0: damn <laughs> that, was, that was good <laughs> that was really good um okay well i mean katie i've loved having you dude um is there anything else you want to talk about
1: no come on into 6 a.m yeah, Shark so Fort Myers.
0: Katie's usually coaching the uh the Shark Bite Fort Myers six a.m. and sometimes six p.m. classes, mm-hmm. right? Um, if people wanted to find you mm-hmm. and your marketing company, how would they do that?
1: So I my CrossFit yoga company is Let's Really Live. Our website and social media. My marketing company for now, find us now is Kate Rae Digital, uh Kate R A E Digital. Um, we actually offer really really awesome social media tips for small business owners. So recommend following Instagram. There are actually some really great tips there. Thanks for hanging out with us today
0: on the Shark Bite Show. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Shark Bite Fitness and Nutrition or on our website at sharkbitefitness.com. If you'd like to find out more about our guests, their information will be in the show notes. If you'd like to talk to us about getting more fit, feel free to schedule a free No Sweat intro at one of our locations in Cape Coral, Fort Myers, or Naples, Florida.